Welcome to the Super Plumber Brothers. Uh, my name is Anthony Cortez. I am joined by Luke. I am joining Anthony Cortez and Ben. Great. Uh, last week we completed our mid-game of Super Mario Sunshine, originally for the GameCube, and this week we complete our quest as we finish the final two levels and final boss. So let's dive into our history this week, and we will be talking about character design. So I've always been interested in Mario characters uh, from an early age, middle school. I designed uh, my first sculpture in art class was a Super Mario 1-Up mushroom, but I don't think my teacher was very happy about a 11-year-old designing a mushroom. Uh, <laughs> but nonetheless, I, I just, you know, that's something I would, I would draw the Mario characters in sketchbooks and, and it's just, they're just, you know, simplistic designs. They're a little bit phallic, you know, at times they're spiky, they're squishy, uh, especially as the, the just game like a penis. in the franchise kind of evolves just like a penis, yeah. spiky, all, spiky as a penis. All healthy penises are uh, spiky. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. As long as you take your vitamins. Yes. So in 1993, Mario came out with his official style guide for merchandisers. This is where we get a lot of the the canon in Super Mario, if there can be said to be one. Um, for instance, it gives us some official names. So Yoshi's <laughs> official name is T. Yoshisaurus Muchakupas. <laughs> Um, we also learned from the guy that Toad is actually, um, he's an ambassador from the Fungus Federation. So there's a lot of little <laughs> Easter egg, I don't even Easter eggs, like hidden histories within this, this really obscure guide for merchandisers. Um, so as, a, as I was reading it, basically it's, it's like, it's half what you need to have in terms of color on on the characters that you're promoting or designing or or whatever even if it's like a storefront and you've designed like a poster um with mario so mario's eyes have to be uh panatone 298 for instance but his overalls which are also blue are panatone 295 his red cap for instance is panatone 285 so these are just like do not forget (laughs) it they will come down hunt you and uh, sue your ass. Um, we also I know that was a that joke, but they actually, is... they will super do that at the drop of a hat. They will. <laughs> you need to get your colors right. <laughs> we learned that Princess Peach is the daughter of the elusive Mushroom King, who I had to look at some comic books, and he does exist, although a kind of clumsy oaf. Bowser, uh, they say that his motivation for taking the Mushroom Kingdom is not to see any happy toads. That is his only motivation. That's all they write for his character in the official guide. Um, so he's kind of, a, also learned... kind of a one-issue politician then. Yes, yes. And then we also learned that Wario, uh, to much of my surprise, is not um, Mario's evil twin, but his childhood friend who is jealous of Mario's uh, good looks and superb plumber abilities so that is his motivation for taking mario's castle which becomes wario's castle and hopefully and this is a quote from the guide itself maybe one day he will have an honorable degree in plumbing 
<laughs> so what is Waluigi then? Waluigi's <laughs> jealous of the brother of Mario? That is so strange. Yeah, I, I he wasn't he wasn't uh, conceived in '93, so I'm sure there's another probably a zany guide out there for merchandisers. I couldn't find it. This this only had a few pages. I I um, always that I looked through. But... I always thought of Waluigi not so much as like a human being, but more just sort of an avatar for a chaotic universe yearning yeah. for justice. Or he's like a like an like a, a walking commentary on like brand mobility for Nintendo or something. Like it's like a whole meta narrative kind of thing going on. It's like, yeah, we made Waluigi that we were so, desperate. I don't know what to tell you. Uh so the guy doesn't go into super uh detail and getting those original, um, you know, why they created these designs was really hard to track down. So for today's podcast, we'll keep it light as we did last time um, before we get super uh, nerdy um, going into Galaxy. Um, so I asked Ben and Luke um, to give us your top three baddies from Mario. So what do you like about their design? What do you like about what they do? Or maybe what they don't do. So what what did you would you all come up with your your top three baddies from the entire Mario franchise? Well, first let me just say that that was fascinating. I did not know about the Mushroom King or that Wario fact is amazing. I had no idea. I thought he was just I thought he was just like Mario's like alter ego brother or something. I don't know. It's it's funny to know that he's he just, just wants to him. be a tradesman. <laughs> yeah. So he yeah, is. and his and Mario's I guess. What's his whole strategy with you all know. the farting then? <laughs> like, what is, I don't know what he thinks that's going to get him. <laughs> I don't know. Anyway. You must I, I don't become know. I feel like the he's... sewage to treat the sewage. Maybe. He kind of, I think he's like <laughs> kind of overcompensated because he got himself a bicycle, like in Super Smash Brothers and, you know, like a cool vest. Yeah. And he's kind of like become <laughs> this bad boy of the franchise. Like, and it, like, he's rad. It, like, I love oh, Mario. No, he, did, he did well from himself. He's the best. But it's like he started with a midlife crisis, like, I'm going to be Mario. And then it's like his midlife crisis had a midlife crisis. <laughs> and he had to get this bike and all this shit. It's very strange. Um, anyway. Uh, yeah, so that was fascinating. But uh, I'll talk about here. Do you want to go back and forth? Like we could go around to the room and talk about one character at a time. Sure. Let's do. Our, let's all do our first. Our first character. Sure. Yeah, okay. You can go ahead, Luke. Okay. So uh, I'm going to start. I've been uh, repping Super Mario RPG a lot of this, so I am going to start with the uh, main antagonist of Super Mario RPG, who is called Smithy. And um, I actually misspoke on one of our earlier podcasts, and I said that Smithy is this giant sword that crashes into um, the uh, into Bowser's castle. But that was actually I, I did a couple. I haven't played that game in a long time, so I did some checking back. And actually, Smithy that that's his sword, which is named like Exer or something like that. Smithy himself, which I did know this part. Um, I thought he was like both the sword and something else because he kind of transforms. But eventually you kind of, uh, towards the end of the game, in, in a true like sort of JRPG fashion, you don't really see much of the main antagonist until the very end where you're in this really bizarre space. And the final bizarre space that you end up in is this basically factory where you like hear this music of that's like super industrial sounding where they're pressing all of these 
uh, manufactured enemies together. And then you like descend further and further down and all the classic Mario pipes become these like metallic pipes and you crash down to the very bottom. And Smithy is just this character with a hammer who's like, basically a factory worker who's manufacturing all of the baddies that go out into the Mario universe. So uh, I think he's a super fast... I think he works amazingly well just as like a boss for that sort of genre and that tradition. Um, But on on top of that, like he's, he's great as a Mario boss because he very much like visually what he is, which is this guy with a hammer who like manufactures things is kind of what's challenging about the fight at the same time uh, in some really interesting ways. So I like Smithy a lot and I love Super Mario RPG a lot. I have no comment. I haven't really played the game, but it sounds, it sounds, it sounds moving. I was moving. (laughs) I moved. Um, I haven't played Super Mario RPG either, but, uh, one of my favorites, who's always been one of my favorites. Uh, I, I'm, I'm actually a really big fan of Super Mario 2, the U.S. version of Super Mario 2, which, as I think most people at this point know, that it was never designed to be Super Mario 2. It's a game called Doki Doki Panic. They got reskinned because the real Mario 2 is way too hard for Americans. And they're right. I've never beat that one. <laughs> uh, but I really like Birdo. The very first like boss that you come across, I just love the design. It's it was always so cute to me. I, I never wanted to, you know, kill Birdo, but I mean, how else are you going to walk into the giant eagle mouth? You don't want to kill a Birdo with one stone <laughs> or with one egg. Which actually, Birdo was my number one pick as well. Really? I think Birdo, yeah, Birdo is just so memorable. I think for me. I really, not only I really love the art uh, in Super Mario Brothers 2 because, I mean, so many, like, now Mario staples uh, come from Mario 2. Like, Shy Guys come from Mario 2, for instance. Um, right. And, like, so many character traits come from Mario 2. And, like, uh, the art style of how they had to swap over the sprites really, um, really informed the rest of the series going on. And I just, I just really love that. I think it looks so cool and it plays really fun and really unusual. And I like right. Birdo. Yeah. You know, what's um, funny is actually, I did not. Yeah. I hear your cat one meowing in the background. Well, I think uh, just going off of Ben and I'll just, I'll just put two of mine out there because I picked Birdo um, for similar reasons. I, I, I don't know if you've played it, Luke, but, uh, Birdo like shoots this projectile, which is an egg. I'm assuming it's you know it comes from its stomach and it barfs this egg and it hovers at Mario and you've got to jump onto the egg, pluck it out of midair, and then hit Birdo with its own egg until it dies. And it's just a really satisfying treat in the game. And uh, Ben, my number three, since you mentioned it, was Shy Guy. Um, just because like, it's a, it's a weird, mysterious character kind of reminds me of the Mandalorian of the super Mario universe. Just kind of like, (laughs) he doesn't want to be a part of the Koopa army, but you know, they need money to do whatever the fuck shy guys do. Um, so I, I just really, I agree with you. I think super Mario two just brought so much, so many new tones, um and and great design to the the franchise that we wouldn't have had 
unless uh, someone didn't think that Americans were stupid. So I, I, thank you. Whoever <laughs> called, whoever did that, thank you so much. Yes. Bring being right about Americans being stupid is usually a, a good bet that brings good things into the world. But uh, <laughs> no, just kidding. But um, yeah, I was going to say about Birdo. Uh, I did not play any of Super Mario 2 uh, for m- much, much longer after Super Mario 2 came out. Um, and uh, But Birdo, my first introduction to Birdo was in Super Mario RPG. Because Birdo is a boss that you fight in Super Mario RPG. You come across this giant... Nice! You come across this... I, I, the details <laughs> I'm a little fuzzy on because I haven't played this game in a very long time. But uh, you come across this giant pink egg somewhere in the game world, I don't remember exactly where, and then that egg hatches, and it gives birth to Birdo, and I'm going to share my screen with you guys just so you can see what it looks like in Super Mario RPG for just a second. Um, this was my first introduction to Birdo. Oh, this is a, this is a YouTube video. I don't want to watch this. My first introduction to Birdo was, well, whatever, you can see, this. So. Oh, Birdo's so pretty. Yeah. Anyway, but yeah, uh, there's some sexualized birdos on this uh, <laughs> some, the screen. Oh, oh shit! <laughs> You're probably right. Oh, this is another <laughs> Super Mario RPG boss. That thing's weird. Anyway, I'll I'll stop with that. But um, uh, yeah. So the next one that I wanted to pick is a little bit more mainstream. I did not actually remember that Shy Guy came from Super Mario Two. That's super interesting. Again, first introduction to Shy Guy was Super Mario RPG. But um. The uh, the first uh, the next character I wanted to talk about was the Chain Chomp, and what I love about the Chain Chomp um, oh, yeah. is very similar. Uh, it's kind of a theme in Mario, where uh, there are so many extremely inventive designs, but at the same time, when they design an enemy or when they design a boss or a, a, an, uh, an enemy that's acting as an obstacle in some way. I think they're really good at, like, we've talked about this in the past, where they think more about, like, what is the function that this thing is going to serve, and then they find a way of making that thing really visually effectively match that challenge or that function in the design. So, uh, Chain Chomp is incredibly simple, but it's an incredibly visually effective way of immediately knowing what you're kind of dealing with. You have this giant chain attached to this giant ball that's covered in teeth. And immediately you know, like, I can't just punch (laughs) that thing. It's going to be too strong for a punch. Um, So you're not going to just run in there and try to punch it. But uh, you also know that I'm probably safe if I kind of keep my distance from this thing. So uh, that's what I like about the Chain Chomp is that it's a kind of cool-looking design, but it immediately communicates a lot in terms of how you're going to have to interact with this thing. I would say particularly starting with Super Mario 64, which is, I think, when the design of the Chain Chomp really comes to fruition. Oh, you think you're safe, do you? You know, in Super Mario 3, um, which I think is actually the first time Chain Chomp showed up, if you... Uh, sit there and just let it like rage out and like you know snap its chain hot. I think it's like two hundred times or something like that. It takes like an hour, but if you let it do it enough, it will actually break free and chase you down for the rest of the level. Oh wow, I don't remember that in particular. No. Well, I mean, you would almost never, ever, ever come across it through normal gameplay. You have to like sit there and just wait for Chain Chomp to wear itself out. I can't even believe that they bothered to put it in. 
Yeah, it takes like 200 or something times of it snapping its chain taut and eventually it breaks three or it breaks free and uh, and then it becomes a running game. It probably is like a design that they were trying to iterate on and then they just like never found a way to make it like consistent or enjoyable. So they just turned the number way up and we're like, ah, oh, whatever, we'll just leave it in there and see if it ever happens. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Or maybe one of the developers just like was working through that one time a dog chased him down as a child. The chain chomp is great because it's first of all cute, it's a giant bull with teeth, but it immediately communicates a lot design-wise in terms of uh, you know that if you run up on that thing you're going to be in danger, but it's just a giant ball on a chain, so it's going to turn slowly. what I like about the Chain Chomp. And is it, Ben, do you know, is Chain Chomp, when we first see Chain Chomp in Zelda, and not Super Mario, is that, is that, do you think that's right? So you're asking, uh, do you think that Chain Chomp, is it, does it come from Zelda, or, or is, he in a, is he in a Mario game before then? Uh, so you were thinking of the Chain Chomp outside of actually a reference to the Chain Chomp. The first time you see it is in Super Mario Brothers 3. There's a there's a little Easter egg. There's a fun little Easter egg that didn't get discovered until like 10, 15 years after Mario 3 came out. Uh, and that is that on the, the level where you first encounter him, it's like the desert level. You know, remember where like the, the little bricks are like the bricks will actually hop at you. Remember that level? Yeah. Love yeah. Level. Yeah. Uh, if you sit and let Chain Chomp snap his chain like he's trying to get you something crazy, like like 200 times or something. Uh, he'll actually break free and then chase you down oh my God. the rest of the level. <laughs> it's, yeah, it takes it takes an, a ludicrous amount of time. You have to just sit there and wait like an hour for Chain Chomp to just like break his chain, but he eventually will. It's it, yeah, I love that little attention to detail. And then it's just like, oh shit, run away! <laughs> I wish that was like that at every Mario game, subsequent Mario game, two hundred times sitting there, and then Chain Chomp traces you through any level that that, <laughs> that he comes in. So I think uh, you're up, Ben. Number two. Number two baddie. Ooh, number two baddie. That's a good one. Um, I am a big fan of the football and baseball players from mm. Super Mario World. They're just so weird and out of yeah. place. And there's so much fun to just like, you know, hop, 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 hop. you hop on their head like five yeah. times. Then I love those guys. They're so much fun. And they're so mean. Like, oh, ugh. fuck. One of the hardest things I can remember in that game is in one of the late levels, there's like two baseball guys um, who are just like chucking balls at you down a, a hallway. And it's just like so nerve wracking to try and get down that hall and like hop on one of them and just try not to die. There's just fastballs coming for you the whole time. Love it. Yeah, yeah. Those guys are great. I, I, um, 
I was, uh, I, as I said, I was playing Super Mario Odyssey not that long ago, and I don't know of another Mario game where they show up in besides Super Mario World and Odyssey. I mean, there probably is another one, but you get to the, like, yeah. the very, very end of Odyssey, are. and all of a sudden you see that guy, and it's such a great moment if you're a Mario fan, because it's like, oh my god, it's one of these guys. Like, I haven't seen one of these in yeah. forever. <laughs> And then you can take him over, and you can, and and it's uh, it's one of the uh, the the charging like goalie type guys, and you can take him over, mm-hmm. and it's so satisfying because you just charge as him, just like like he would do to you, and I, that's such a great moment from Super yeah. Mario Odyssey. Yeah, I love those guys. Just like ah, so that's what that feels like. Yeah, exactly. Well, I think they make an appearance in the new Super Mario Brothers franchise, mini franchise, I don't know, oh, spin-off for the, series. Yeah, for the, for the Wii U. Yeah, for the Wii. Um, and then you do see them. I don't know if you all played <laughs> for the Wii U. I don't know. Nobody <laughs> played the Wii U. heard that. Yeah, I had a Wii U. Um, so there was a Super Mario 3D World uh, that was a kind of sequel to the 3DS uh, world um, game, and they do make an appearance there as well. But I, I agree, I, I love them. They're just they're odd, um, and I love uh, just you know. I think you can just bounce on their heads indefinitely. And I think no, they'll die eventually, parts. but uh, they definitely uh, have very very strong necks. Oh really? They yes. die eventually? I thought you had to get a star to kill them. I didn't even know you could kill them. How many times no, do you have to jump you, on their head? No, if you can manage to hop on their head. It's like 10, 15. Um, okay. And then like they, they keep moving under you. Like they don't get stunned ever. So you have to sort of like track them with your bounces and yeah. like, sort of balance on top of them while mm-hmm. you do it. But yeah, they'll 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 go down eventually. That's cool. <laughs> I always thought that they were like a great, um, like you can just jump off of them if you need like a jump boost or something like that in Super Mario World. I think so. that's what they're like. I think it's that's what they're supposed purpose. to be yeah. mostly used as. But if you really want to play cautiously, you can kill them. Yeah, yeah, that's a great that's a great pick. Yeah, I wasn't thinking about those guys. They're like, because uh, World was the first Mario game that I ever played, and they show up pretty early. And immediately, I was like, "These are the greatest things. I love these." They guys. are. And then you can kill them with your cave in that one. That too, super mm. satisfying. Yeah, yeah that's it right. Is. Yeah, that's uh, right. I. So I mentioned that I that I, I did Birdo and I just wrapped up with Shy Guy. Uh, I guess my last one is is uh, is Kamek. Um, oh yeah, the the flying Koopa wizard. Um, which in, in some games I don't even know if they get names or not, but I just like the idea of this uh, Fantasia like Koopa wizard that they put on a broom and shoots abstract expressionist art at Mario. Um, I really it, like them. In, it shoots in PlayStation the paper, buttons. They do shoot PlayStation buttons. Uh, I like them in Mar- Paper Mario. I, I I love when they just show up. Yeah. The, their anim their in, their animation where they just zoom in to the screen. Um, and I also like Kamek as a novelty hard thing that happens at the end of Mario Party where Kamek shows up and says, "These are the bad spaces, unlucky spaces now." And you, you know, and they're not even that unlucky. Um, I just think <laughs> Kamek has a, you know, Kamek should just have its own their own spinoff. I think it would be awesome. Hell yes, I, I'd play it. There's a lot of there's a lot of Kamek in uh, in this Mario and Luigi series. You get there's a lot of like uh, mm. the dark arts. I think it's fair to say in the Mario and Luigi series. Lots of <laughs> lots of conjuring, lots of black magic. <laughs> um, cool. Very nice. 
I mean, uh, nothing says Mario to me like the dark arts. Yes. Anyway, I don't know what I don't know what I'm saying. Anyway, um, uh, so yeah, my final one that I want to call out is uh, kind of keeping with the theme I've already established uh, is the bullet bill. Um, obviously, there's a, a million. Um, yeah. There's a million yeah. amazingly designed, and I lo- I love the ones that you guys picked. I was trying to focus first of all on Smithy just because I love Super Mario RPG, but also these uh, I wanted to focus on these characters that just have this immediate like obvious design intent to them, and it's interesting because they're both as we've pointed out they were introduced in a game where I think their design potential wasn't really fully realized. So I think the Bullet Bill first shows up in uh, the original Super Mario Brothers if I remember correctly. Um, and it's, you know, just, it's right, got yeah. these little I, I, arms. I, I'm not sure it had the face. I don't, I don't think it had the face back then. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not it, sure. I think it does have the face. I think it has the eyes at least. I don't I, think it has I the... Recently... Go ahead. Yeah. No, 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 no. It, it has some sort of facial feature, but not not the full bullet bill as we know today. Yeah, um, the the bullet bill, uh, and you know, it has the arms and everything like that. Oh yeah, yeah, it has like teeth. It kind of looks funny in the. I'm looking at a picture of it right now. So it does have a face of some sort, but it's it's not like the complete. Um, and it looks like it actually might have arms. Anyway, but yeah, it's it 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 is there. But I think what, you know, in that game, it could have just been a bullet, and it would have been fine because it doesn't really follow you. But as time goes on, I, I like the design of the bullet bill because, again, it's sort of like the chain chomp where it's like immediately it's like, okay, this is a big bullet, but it's like got a face, so it like must have like sentience. <laughs> it has intention. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It has intentionality. I just well, cool. this. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like the I like the notion that at some point, like a couple of designers sat down and one of them asked, okay. How can we let the player know that bullets are dangerous? Yeah, I want. I want. By just, putting just, the face how about on we just say, let's hug, just draw a me. bullet? Here's what. Here's what I really want. I want in one of these I, Mario games. I want the bullet bill to catch you, and instead of just blowing up, I want one of those arms to come into play. I want it to like grab you with an arm, and then like pull Mario's <laughs> overalls down and like spank him or some shit. Just like just. <laughs> Something's totally <laughs> off the wall. But it's just, it's got those tiny little arms. I want to see it, like, try and T-Rex grab you, just like, yeah. This, this, this sounds like your own personal Bullet Bill fetish that you have. You're just like, I wish Bullet Bill would just pull down my overalls and spank me. Honestly, if my wife would no, dress I, I as a Bullet play- Bill for our anniversary, I'd be <laughs> down for it. <laughs> I wouldn't say no. <laughs> Elena, if you're listening to this podcast, you now know what to do. Uh, no, I, I don't know if you played the later uh, Mario Kart games, but you, you get an opportunity to be a giant bullet bill and take out like, oh, yeah. seven racers. So you're in last place. You get a, you get a, you get the bullet bill power, and it's, it is one of the best last place powers. It is just, it's even way better than the star. I love being giant yeah. bullet bill. So I, I agree with your your top three baddie I, bullet bill is a good one cool yep well and and all and uh, just again and it, with odyssey odyssey getting to take over a bullet bill and also i will say and you know we haven't gotten to, to to galaxy yet but there are a lot of really inventive uses of bullet bills in galaxy as well so i think they've used that creature yeah. in cool ways as well they got a lot of mileage out of it which is excellent uh it's it's one of the most like instantly recognizable characters uh, probably in any video game 
I love that they keep finding new ways to do stuff with Bullet Bill. I mean, it's all essentially the same. Lead him somewhere and he blows up, but yeah, getting there's the journey. Like that's that's <laughs> that's the real reward. Yeah. And then did you have your uh, another baddie? I do. This one is a little, um, a little more like esoteric. It's from Super Mario World again. That is my favorite Mario game of all time. It's a good one. Uh, in the lava levels, when you're on like that series of moving platforms, like the 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 dead bricks that just sort of mm. make a trail, and you have to walk along and you know avoid obstacles that pop up. One of which is a giant lava monster who will like hop out of the lava and try and like like nibble on you and he just looks so like goofy yeah he's like he's like a giant goopy lava yoshi and yeah 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 yeah, yeah yes yes yeah you, you guys exactly, remember this exactly what you're talking about yeah the, the, yeah i've always yeah, the loved animation that animation is great and it's just so i don't know he's simultaneously like the most threatening thing you've ever seen but you're like oh <laughs> he just Dude. wants a lava hug Dude, that lava monster is an enemy in Super Mario RPG as well. <laughs> that same lava monster. No kidding. No, not yet. He's there. Yeah. So we're gonna jump into um, this portion of the podcast where we review um, the game that we're playing, which is Super Mario 3D All Stars. Uh, as mentioned, we have collectively beaten the game. So, so far we have seen Mario confront Baby Bowser and Shadow Mario. We've unlocked Yoshi, and now we've unlocked Noki Bay, which is a little tricky. Uh, if you didn't play Super Mario 64, essentially a giant ray of sunshine opens up in the middle of Delfino Plaza, and you must enter uh, a first-person view to look at the sun. Um, and then, of course, after that, you collect seven giants for each level, uh, or you, you, you get a boost. You go to uh, Pianata Village, um you get your seven shines and then you have seven shines for each level uh then corona uh mountain opens up uh and uh you you get to to beat the game which we'll talk about so uh the story you know nothing really unfolds so um i think we should just jump into noki bay Noki Bay is one of the grandest levels in terms of its design yet as these sweeping walls that are from what we can assume this ancient Delfino uh, or pre-colonial civilization. The level itself, uh, there is a bunch of challenges that we've seen in previous levels. Um, so I felt that they didn't really take advantage of the level in full. Um, Mario once again confronts the blooper. He chases Shadow Mario. He collects some red coins in a uh, aqua lung sort of device, um, and you know, kind of, kind of, any, any has another race with Piantismo, um, which is actually a bit easier uh, than the previous races. Uh, so that's kind of an overview of Noki Bay. And so now we can open it up for a review. What did you all think of Noki Bay? Yeah, I mean, I, I, um, I let me start with the thing I hated. The, the like underwater bottle coins thing, uh, the way that Mario controls, I think is completely Horrible. awful. And, and it's not off like every so often there will be something that controls poorly in a way that's kind of quirky and almost feels intentional and like it works with whatever's going on. 
but no, I, I don't know why I don't I don't understand at all what they were thinking there because like the the way that he controls it's like you assume that it's going to be almost like you um if you I don't know if you guys have ever played any of those like games like maybe the original Resident Evil or something like that that has tank controls mm-hmm. where like all of the pivoting is like in the perspective of the character that you're controlling that's what I kept expecting but that's yep. not how it works you control the way he's pivoting relative to the angle of the camera which is super disorienting and extremely difficult and I think if you're going to do those tank style controls, I think you have to do it based on the direction of the character. That's my opinion on that. I, I do not think that it works the way that they did it very well. That having been said, I do think that the eel boss, after you got used to it, was still kind of fun and inventive in spite of the der- terrible controls, and I still enjoyed that fight. I liked spraying uh, a bunch of water on his teeth. Uh, what did you guys think of that boss? I thought exactly what you thought about the controls. They just pissed the fuck out of me. The uh, bottle level, I don't know if you've experienced the glitches that happened. at When you get to the edge of the bottle itself, you, Mario kind of like glitches uh, if you move them, uh, boost him up. So, you know, I was trying to figure it out. And then the ill level, I liked the, I liked the grandeur of like this level itself. I like that you're kind of sinking into this abyss this this kind of like hellscape um but uh you know the 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 challenge was it's not like i died it was just frustrating i just felt frustrated cleaning his teeth you know and you know it it wasn't as good um i think if the uh put another maybe booster on mario that he had like he can go in in you know uh the horizontal plane it would have done it for me it would have been all right, but in general, those two challenges, I was like, it seemed like an afterthought. It seemed like it, they wanted to, to make some sort of um, nozzle for it, but they didn't put it in the full game. So I don't know. Overall, I was like, eh. Yeah, uh, I actually, these last, like this last, these last couple of levels, um, Noki Bay, Piazza Village, and Corona Mountain all uh, felt underdeveloped. Or like they didn't get enough time to test them, uh, and I'm I'm wondering if they designed the levels in order, Maybe, so that because yeah. I mean the first batch of levels feels really 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 polished and, and thought out. Uh, I mean, say what you will about Rico Harbor, there's it's not glitchy and right. there's stuff to do, and it's I mean it's memorable. The, right. the layout is a lot more memorable. I thought uh, it's smaller, so maybe that's why, but. Uh, yeah, cleaning the, the eel's teeth, I felt, I just felt frustrated. Like, not, mm. it's not, it's not challenging. That's the thing. If it was right. like frustrating, but it's because, oh, I got to get better at that. But it's not. It's just, why is it this over already? Or like, there's a minuscule little speck of dirt left on one of those teeth. It's going to take me five yeah. damn minutes just to, mm-hmm. just to hit it again. Well, and they put the coins so, in such I actually, inconvenient I really places didn't care and like, I think if you're going to, like, I completely agree with what Anthony said. Like, I the whole reason I like the eel boss is because of everything, like, all the set dressing and, like, the environment and, like, the idea. None of it has to do with the experience of defeating the eel boss. <laughs> the experience itself, right. I think the mm-hmm. idea is a decent idea. The execution is I, I, as close to anything in Mario that I can say it, the execution is terrible. It does not feel satisfying at all. 
And a lot of times it just feels like luck when you kind of nail something. And I, 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 I was yeah. really, I've been dealing with the Joy-Con drift. So I was like really trying to be like, all right, is this the drift? And I was like, no, it's not Oof. just that. Like it, there, there's, there's other like d- design decisions they made with this that I think are making this way more difficult than not even just difficult because I beat the eel boss on my first try. But even, but it's just like the actual right. mechanism is just like this unsatisfying and frustrating. So I still enjoyed that part of it, but I think it's because of the effort that went in from the art team and I think the design team for a rare occurrence in Mario history a little bit dropped the ball on that one. I don't think it worked very well. Well, that's my other question from this level is that there is a lot of level. There's a, there, I, I would I would imagine just from playing the game that this is the biggest level in the sure, game. Yeah. Um, there's just parts in the in the level that I haven't explored. And even when you're doing the ill, there's a bunch of little nooks and crannies that are never maximized, um, you know, which is just kind of confusing because you have this blooper boss, you have Shadow Mario, and you have Pentasmo or whatever. Pantissimo. And those Pantissimo... And those challenges in general are really quick. So that we're now talking about five stars that the whole level for the most part isn't maximized. And I was just like, well, why do you have all this huge set, this gigantic level, and we're not playing with it? It was, it's, it was just very, I don't know. I, I, I personally That's... beat the level in, in, in under an hour, and I was like, what the fuck? I, I feel like I haven't explored the level. See, that's why I feel like they didn't have enough time. Like, like maybe the level was a little bit rushed because you're right. They have this big space and it just seems like they either didn't know what to do with it or they just wanted to play it safe because they knew they wouldn't have a lot of time to test before they had to put the game out, before they had to go gold. Mm. Um, And as a result of that, mostly with uh, this level, I I was just, I was more relieved when it was over because I, I wasn't enjoying getting the shines very much. Um, I mean, the it was it was nice to fight Blooper again, I guess, but it's the exact same fight, so it's not like right. Uh, it's not like they didn't they didn't mix it up in any significant way. You know, it's fun to race Piantissimo. Those are always fun little platforming challenges, but you've raced them a bunch of times, so it's but just his, you know, his race is over in, in literally fifteen seconds. Yeah, no, I know. Like there's yeah, yeah, but it's still this kind, is of, kind of sad. Would you all think about the? Uh, well, I know what you guys guys kind of think about the secret level. I was just I li- I've been liking the secret levels, but this one was kind of lackluster. Oh, um, wow. okay. So remind like, me, is Noki Bay? Noki Bay is the one, uh, the secret level where you start in the really narrow correct. pit, and you have to wall correct. jump your way out. Correct. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. this one was a pain in the ass. I love really? these secret levels. I have found them to be my actual favorite part of Sunshine. Oh, great. Great! Oh, I didn't oh, like another one. Join, join the team. team. No, I always liked it. Level. I, I always liked it. I'm just a uh, you know, in Luke's face. I actually kind of, <laughs> I kind of wish that if they had given Mario a long jump like they have in almost any other Mario game, I mm. would have actually preferred the whole game just be levels like that. That's yeah. why we have Galaxy. Exa- that's exactly. Exactly. Why we have Galaxy. That's why you have Galaxy. <laughs> Except Galaxy is not quite as challenging, yeah. but it's definitely. Well, so hold on. Let, let me True. cut in here because I do have some well... thoughts. I, I think okay. I think Galaxy is less challenging, but it's been a while, so we'll see. Mm-hmm. But um, 
I will say it's kind of an awkward position because I was ready to come here and be like, all right, this is a good secret level. I like this one. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Because to me, what I like about this one is that it takes one of Mario's core abilities, the wall jump, and it says, let's really explore what we can do with this. So the obvious thing is that at the very beginning, you wall jump out of the pit. Okay, that's relatively simple. But then after that, there are certain box platforming challenges where they have one wall and then a wall that's perpendicular to it. And then there's a platform above both of those walls that's out of reach after one wall jump. So you have to do two wall jumps. So they're really forcing you to say like, okay, Mario can wall jump and it's a direct wall jump back and forth, but it's more than that. If you come at an angle, he'll bounce off going at that other angle. So they're like really exploring this mechanic of Mario's wall jump. And they're saying, all right, in order to get past this challenge, you have to understand that it doesn't just matter that you know how to wall jump. It matters that you know what angle to jump towards the first wall at. So I thought that that secret level was pretty effective because it had a really good design impetus in terms of what it was trying to do with it. Um, I do remember there being some slightly annoying parts at the early when you had to do the triple jump uh, in order to get, or you had to do some really high jump in order to get on top of the... Uh, uh, the, those platforms that were going back and forth. I don't know that that needed to be there, but uh, I thought the the secret level. No, was you can uh, you can wall jump onto those. They're, yeah, you wall jump onto those. That's oh, uh, so when jump. you uh, actually one of the. <laughs> I mean that works too. <laughs> one of the smartest things I thought they did was that they started you in that you know long narrow glass wall pit, uh, but they started in such a way that it's almost impossible. Like the camera is angled in such a way that it's almost impossible for Mario to make a straight, perfect wall jump. So you'll notice just almost by accident that when you do multiple wall jumps, he'll actually move in a direction to get you thinking, oh, well, maybe I can actually use that to gain some distance rather than just some height. Right, right. And then they ask you to do it onto a platform. That's kind of hard to fail, but hey, I still managed it a couple of times. And then they oh. ask you to start chaining them together. So it's a nice it's a nice progression in that way. I'm not critiquing the wall jumps. I I, I like I, anytime, and th- this is going to be my critique through this whole th- through this whole um, final uh, you know this this end game is that um, in Super Mario 64, what was really really good about the game is that the mechanics in the beginning are just there. You don't you don't learn anymore. Maybe you get a cap, but basically the mechanics are there, right? And uh, as the game progresses. It expects you to master the mechanics, you know, so much so where you don't even have to complete the last two levels. That's just there because you've mastered the mechanics of Mario, right? And I feel like with this one, as soon as you figure out that Mario is kind of magnetic to the rotating boxes, the rest of the secret level kind of fell in, into my lap personally, um, which is kind of now going to be my critique moving forward with the whole game because this level in general, like we get the same challenges but I feel, you know, as a as a Mario player, you know, we're, we've spent so many hours trying to, you know, uh, understand the mechanics of Mario. Um, and then we regress. We regress, I think, with this, not just the secret level, but we regress almost in every uh, shine that we get in Noki Bay. And I was just like a little, you know, I was like, I was just wondering, like, why? Because Super Mario 64 did such a great job of progressing. Right. Um, 
uh, mastery of the mechanics. So, so that will yeah, be my last comment on Noki yeah, Bay. Yeah, uh, and there's more I want to say about Noki Bay uh, before we move on because I get a lot harsher after Noki Bay. Um, I 100% agree that I think most of the shines in Noki Bay are pretty poorly thought out and not very interesting. Um, I think I, I, one thing, you know, as we've had these conversations, Mario sometimes gets a pass. So, okay, let me just say one of my biggest pet peeves in video games of any kind is if you have a boss battle that repeats that you haven't iterated upon what the actual context of the fight is, like if there's a narrative reason for why this is happening again, and or you have not iterated upon it mechanically. So when you fight that blooper again, that 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 hurts this game for me a lot. I do not like mm-hmm. that, and I significantly mm. don't like it because... I love the original blooper fight. And then you fight him again in that same level. Okay, mm-hmm. maybe I can kind of forgive it because it's on this different platform and the, the environment's slightly different. This third fight in Noki Bay, there's nothing there. There's no reason other than that they ran out of time. I think I think Ben's on to something. I think they just were like, they had some ideas mm-hmm. that they just couldn't get to. And, you know, that happens. But my response is don't make me fight the same boss again. Do something else different that requires less budget to pull off that can also be interesting. That would be my right. approach. Um, so that really bothers me. The the mole I'm a little more forgiving of because, oh, and one thing I will say that I do like about the first shine, you know how we've talked a lot about the King of the Hill sort of vibe in, in these games? There's a great King of mm-hmm. the Hill vibe when you're trying to uncork the waterfall. And I remember, I think it was you, Andrew, Anthony, who made this comment in one of the previous episodes about um, it, it's kind of like harkens back to the barrels hopping down as you're going up to the top. That level where you have these paint mm-hmm. barrels, it, they're very literally are paint barrels bouncing down the mountain that you're trying to ascend. And so I thought I thought that was I actually enjoyed the first one. Yeah, the first one is great. I, I'm sorry I didn't bring that one up. I started writing about it, and I just was bitching about how stupid this level was. But the first shine was good. It, it you know, but it does it does go downhill. Yes. So uh, I, I agree largely with what you're saying about the shines. I don't think the race was very good. I did like the secret shine okay. I liked the set dressing for the eel boss, but I don't think it mechanically was very effective. However, I do still like the environment here. And as someone who has been finding a mm-hmm. lot of my enjoyments in Super Mario Sunshine in finding some of the blue coins, this environment is a lot of fun to explore. And uh, and the fact that when you spray some of these paintings, or, or, or sorry, the I, I like how you described it, Anthony, this pre-colonial environment. Um, and, you know, that's, that's kind of a manifestation of the design design is this is like the weird colonial investment into this space they don't even know how to use it but uh anyway <laughs> um they uh they uh the the cave dr- or the uh, uh whatever the carvings on the walls uh the fact that when you spray those in there are these blue coins and all of the different explorations you can do in the environment and how much it, it tests your ability to like really navigate as mario as you're searching for blue coins and truly exploring the environment i think the environment is pretty good I think that most of the shines are are not very well executed and make some decisions that I disagree with. Specifically, that second right because they don't like I was like I was saying they 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 don't take advantage of the environment and I that's agree, the part yeah. that sucks. You know, yeah. like like the, like one mechanic that we we like Ben was talking about when we first started playing was he liked I think he liked um uh how there was that underground component you know the underground world. Of Mario, oh, yeah. um, you mean like when you go in the sewers? Yeah, I said. I yeah, didn't yeah. Like that. 
Oh, you didn't like that. It, it was um, it was me. I said I hope it didn't become. Yeah. Okay, so maybe it was didn't become a major mechanic. But I I think it could have become a mechanic in this one because if you noticed, you did kind of get in between walls and and kind of get into these spaces of of that. But they never they never did anything with that one, which kind of sucked, you know. Pianta Village. Um, so uh, I will Pianta any village that I that I damn well please. Standard sandbox. Um, it looks like a jungle gym. It feels like a jungle gym. Uh, Doesn't feel like a village. It. it does not feel like a village at all. There, I don't think there's a single hut. Uh, there are plenty of novel challenges, but this level, uh, personally, I found extremely challenging just because the people that made this level wanted it to be a challenge. Um, especially when, cause there's, I think this might be the only shine where Mario's flood is taken away. That's not a secret level and it just pissed me off, but we'll talk about that. Um, so it, it kind of, you kind of waxes and wanes between, um, all of these lighting, which I, which I liked the lighting kind of shifts according to the shine that you're, that you're, yeah. um, trying to get, you know, if it's, a sh if it's one where the village is in trouble, it's kind of you know uh the the it, this this ambient more dark atmosphere if it's only like you're trying to help the the chain one with the chain chomp you know it's more of like laid back and and so i liked how the environment kind of you know it kind of changes um and and so the the level itself is also not just the sandbox the standard sandbox um but it also has this um i don't know it's this uh this this jungle gym this these swings these uh i don't know what you call them you know i would call them swings monkey bars i guess yeah, yeah. monkey bars uh and nets climbable that surfaces. are at the bottom of the level um climbable surfaces that uh you know you get to explore so there's there's lots of level it's a little compact but that's kind of the breakdown of uh pianta village itself so um, we'll open it up for discussion. Um, maybe Ben, why don't you start with your thoughts? Did not like it. Moving on. <laughs> no, actually, uh, there were. I liked the the chain chomp uh, shines. I I thought mm -hmm. those were uh, there was something new to do. They worked. I didn't feel like I was fighting the game, and they were fun. Uh, I, I liked mm -hmm. you know helping those poor little poor little tiny chain chomps. Get rid of their taco shits. <laughs> Chompettes, I think they're called. Chompettes? Well, either way, like they ate just a ton of Del Taco, <laughs> and boy, they were paying for it, poor little rascals. <laughs> uh, I thought that was fun, having to, you know, pull them back and, like, snap their tails so they fall into the water right. and cool off. That was, that was delightful. Uh -huh. Then, like, the big guy where when he uh, when he gets all... All enraged and and you know hot and little, bothered exactly gets it gets a little 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 flush gets his dander ruffled you have to nail him into the ground so you can like spray him down again without him running away I thought that was great uh, other than that though I didn't I I felt like getting to the secret level was just kind of a chore I mean they know that the secret levels are kind of a chore unto themselves which is why they don't make you start everything over when you fail at one because they know you're going to die a bunch mm -hmm. so why make getting to the place itself so tedious like you have to go 
you know, hatch Yoshi and there's just a tree with every fruit just across the level. So go pick the one and then bring it back. Why? Like, that's pointless. And then it's just sort of a tedious, slow, not challenging, just slow platforming section to get into the thing. The only reason you right, need Yoshi right, at all yeah. is because they arbitrarily block it with something that only Yoshi spit can dissolve. Yeah. Like, why? That's just, it's so, it's just, it, feel, it felt padded. And that right. secret shine, the floodless secret shine, where you just have to wait for a Pianta to walk into the right place, and then you have to talk to them at the right angle. Oh, but yep. fuck you. It's not the angle you <laughs> talk to them at. It's the angle Mario turns to automatically when you talk to them. <laughs> hated that. Fucking hated it. It was so tedious. And it, every time I died, I was like, that's bullshit. I feel like I was like yeah. facing the right direction. That sucked. Right. I thought it was no, really I'd... boring. And I know, Anthony, you were having some trouble with the one, the floodless, uh, the floodless one that was not a platforming challenge. Can, whole... can I just bitch about it, please? Because oh, it, oh, actually, please. for those those of you that will be listening or are listening, um, we actually, I, I, I slowed us before, down. Before you go because into of, that, uh, just because, uh, the, because I want okay, to hear what you're going to say about and then that. Let me, let me... We're probably going to have a whole debate about that. But I want to, I want to give my overall thoughts on the <laughs> okay. level before we go get ahead. into that one. <laughs> go so I go ahead, pretty much agree with everything you guys are saying. Um, honestly, right. the chain jumps, uh, as I mentioned, I love chain jumps. I think the way they used them was okay. I wasn't that engaged. Um, but it, mm-hmm. it worked as, as Ben said, but I don't think they did anything terribly interesting with either of them. Um, but those are kind of the highlight shines where it's like, okay, this is something unique you did here. The environment itself, honestly, it, this goes to what Anthony was saying earlier. It's not that it's uninteresting. There's some kind of interesting elements of it, but it's just, this game has given you so many amazing platforming yeah. environments and then it's like you can hop on some houses. Mm-hmm. So I just, the environment just is not that engaging to me relative to what you've experienced up to this point. And, you know, some of the set dressing isn't really enough to make up for that uh, for me. Um, man, pretty much everything Ben said about the secret of the village underside is like pretty much exactly how I feel about it. I mean, to its credit, at least it's like pretty memorable in terms of like what the secret level actually is. But there's because there's some other secret levels that I don't feel that way about that I criticized last week. But it's also just terrible. <laughs> like it doesn't feel good. It, it's 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 like again. Yeah. I, I kind of yeah. mentioned this in my critique of some of the other secret levels, but it's turned up to eleven with this one, where it's like you're emphasizing the least interesting part about this gameplay. I never thought like I should like have to time when I talk to somebody because that shit's not very effective in this game anyway. Like I'm always kind of moving around to figure out when it's going to give me the A prompt. So it, I, I really think it was just a terrible idea. I don't know why they moved forward. They I think they must have just run out of time because in any other situation, I feel like some like play tester would just be like, oh, why? Who fire? Who came up with this? Fire them right now. But um, it was too late. <laughs> um, yeah, go ahead. Right. It's well, it's an alignment but challenge. It was too late, and it's and it's he was it's just dead. like, I mean, it's a game like putt putt golf. Have you ever played that flash game, like in high school? You know, where you're aligning the 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 oh, golf ball to the like where you where you yeah. drag the club back and you can see yeah like, the exactly line where it's it, gonna go. And so, like there there's other alignment challenges that exist in the world and. 
it's they're they're quick and e- they're supposed to be easy challenges, but like this is this talking mechanism alignment challenges where you get almost zero control of Mario. And I was I, I it probably it it was. I will say this was the worst level <laughs> in any 3D Mario game I've yeah. played. It, no, it was so I'm, bad. I want to man, say man, I can't think of a worse one. I'll give you that. I I can't think of a worse one that I've played. It it did not work very well. And uh, so, yeah, to me, like Noki Bay had its problems, but I still was enjoying it. To me, this is this is kind of the level where Super Mario Sunshine. I'm like, oof. Okay, this is rough. <laughs> like this does not feel quite ready. Yeah, they were they were clearly like backs to the wall. Like they were they were very obviously yeah. like Okay, now now let's talk about the Goopy out. Inferno because to me right. that's the one thing that kind of redeems this level, but it sounds like to Anthony okay. it's the opposite. Yes. So let me tell you about my experience. It took it took me two days. Like after Noki like Noki uh Bay just it just I was just like, All right, I'm gonna be done with the game. It's like this there's probably this other level that's not too bad and, and good, right? I'm done. But this Goopy Inferno was so fucking challenging because, it, it, it number one, it takes the mechanic away of the flood, right? And you only that only happens with secret levels. So I'm just like, all right, is this a secret level? It's not a secret level. So how do we get to this crying Delfino guy and get the get you know get the get the flood and, and get the, the shine? He's a Pianta. There, That's why it's the Pianta Village. Right. And, He's and, not a Delfino. And, That's a dolphin. <laughs> You're foolish. That's foolish. I am, I am foolish. Thank you. Uh, so basically, like, I don't know which route you all took. And so I took I the tried, lazy cheat route. Yeah, I, I, I tried every route out there. I didn't really know, like, which uh, mazes led to where. So I, I tested every single maze route first including the one on the far left where you've got a uh either walk on the bamboo to get to the that area or you've got to uh trip up mario to hang on the edge to get to that area as well and it just took a lot of time and that wasn't successful so that was like an hour out of my 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 day so uh uh that was my first thing my first thought right and then i was like all right maybe maybe those mushrooms lead somewhere. So then I ground pound on one of the, the baskets or the nets, right? And I go to the bottom and I, and you, you just fail. You cannot get to, to, to the secret level place, but you can, it just takes a long time, but that doesn't lead anywhere. And so like, I'm, I'm going, you know, testing one by one by one. And then I kind of just stumble upon the fact that Mario can be used as a literal bucket by uh, he swims to the middle of the um, level, he can uh, extinguish the lava or whatever the paint lava by uh, jumping in and out of um, the water, and then you go up and you get your flood, and, and then basically the level's done. But I just found I just found the whole thing an unnecessary challenge that again. It doesn't improve on the mechanics that you've learned up until this point. If there were challenges that involved Mario doing some of the action, the floodless actions that you had to do in the Goopy Inferno, I would have understood. But it doesn't. This is just a one-off shine that is not going to help you 
for the rest of the game and i was just like so let me get this straight what you did is is you went into the middle and you jumped in and out of the pool in order to like drench the lava to get past it that's what you did yes wait that's what i did too that's like the lazy cheat way to do it i didn't even realize you could what did you do I, i went through the that if you go to the far right and like farthest away from where you start and you go through the bottom one there, you just like go across the monkey bars and you can find this like exit point where then you can do like a, a trip, like a double jump over to like this other platform where the flood is. That's how I got there. I didn't re- even. <laughs> I did not figure that out. I did. Yeah, no, I, I, I swam I, I used uh, myself as a bucket. Yeah, I swam into the creek and uh, just sort of. Wow. Splooshed my way over to the middle. It really took you two days, Anthony? Yeah. I thought, see, like, it took me, like, don't get me wrong, it took me like a half hour, and it was frustrating as hell. But I thought I was, yeah, because I didn't realize that that was, like, a valid tactic. I thought I had found, like, some weird little exploit that they hadn't patched out. Um, I thought I was cheating. I thought there had to be, like, Certainly, there had to be another way to do it that was like both a little easier, but maybe a little more tedious. Wow! Yeah, but no, nope, I'm like not. looking online right now, and that's like the advice yep. for a lot. Yeah, I think that would have been pretty annoying to me as well. Um, I, I, I mean, it's it's definitely I, I don't oh, love that it like wants well, you to just guess until you find which one you can drop through. However, for me, in some ways, I kind of I would have preferred some of the 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 times where mario like is without his shine sort of take this approach more than the approach that they did although i will say even though i didn't mind it as much it's not like it did anything that terribly interesting with it because it's not really testing like your metal with like mario mario's platforming abilities it's pretty much just like haha isn't that inconvenient you can't wash away the lava <laughs> so it's just kind of being uh, like rude about it right so, right yeah, yeah. i i to yeah. me i was like it's just like the designers being like no the floor is lava it's okay i have a water gun no you don't not this time stupid <laughs> yeah no so i i i do oh, okay. i do Fuck wish that uh i i just remember thinking while i was doing it um i i think this might be another case where like the set dressing of just like being under the village was interesting and engaging enough to me that I ended up kind of enjoying it for that factor. But in reality, I don't think if the fact is that like a lot of people are just like doing it that way, I think probably whatever they were going for, they didn't really execute on properly. Um, so yeah, I don't know. Right. And it's just like, is if it's it's also it's like a, if it's a necessary shine and this is going to be my critique of um uh corona mountain is that the flood gives you advice when things are difficult but you don't have your flood and if this is kind of this thing where you're kind of like guessing how to get the shine i don't know but anyway i i, th- I think we covered all the bases so at this point in the game, once you've collected seven shines from each level, Delfino Plaza literally floods, and now you have access to Corona Mountain. There are three challenges here. One is to use the flood pack, 
to douse fire platforms and move on to other platforms where spikes are moving in and out and your goal is to avoid them. Two is to the next, this boating challenge where, to be honest, Bad. it's just a weird mechanic tossed into the last and final Bad. level of the game. And you it must navigate. very well. Right. Uh, Mario must navigate back. <laughs> must navigate by using his flood pistol as a rudder to steal the boat over lava. It is a slog. It is a slog to get through. You will die um, as the boat is. <laughs> uh, Not a question. Just nope. You, you will die. die. You'll die. You'll die. Period. Because you've never done it before and it sucks. Again, as we're, that's the theme of tonight. It sucks. It stinks. It stinks. Uh, and the third challenge is you get the flood boost pack, and you must boost your way uh, vertically to uh, um, some not cloud that, not platforms, that which is which is all right. Um, right. So let's just talk about that part first. Let's talk about that part first, and then I'll, I'll kind of um, guide us to the weird, <laughs> the weird weird scene you'll guide us to the weird i got you yes. the weird yes okay so what do you all think about uh the corona uh <laughs> i guess the corona mountain um the, the, the three challenges terrible i did not like them i've never seen a level that was simultaneously so densely designed and so poorly terrible it was terrible really 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 bad. like they so clearly wanted this yeah they, they so clearly wanted it to be a gauntlet that you would you know that probably would have checkpoints i i would assume just based on how they spaced up the three parts of this so distinctly but i think again they just ran out of time and they had to put the barest bones version of whatever they had planned in and just say fuck it this is what we got right boring as hell the platforms not even like not particularly a challenge since you play no. the game so much it's a very simple platform the only thing that makes it challenging is that any mistake whatsoever instantly kills you. right yeah the boating challenge is hot garbage start to finish because no matter what the boat touches, yeah, it just it sinks. immediately sinks and you die. Mm. It controls like ass. And I'm maybe and you I, can't stall. Maybe, like, or maybe else this it'll is sink. Yeah. what? Maybe this is just that. me, but my ass controls terribly. <laughs> I didn't even know it would sink by Yeah, now. if you if you if you stall, if you have to Yeah, so I was like at one point I was like, all right, how do I get to past that brick in the middle, uh, the, the fountain brick. And then about five seconds later, I was like, what the oh fuck? <laughs> like literally, oh, what the horrible. fuck? Horrible. Not so I think the way they did it, like it's supposed to be a physics thing where if you're facing backwards, like if you're facing towards the stern and you shoot some water out, it goes forwards. And if you're facing towards port, you'll turn it starboard and vice versa. Except the way they did it, they didn't actually use any physics coding. They just use Mario's direction in relation to like the zero point, right, the yeah. map origin. Or the boat origin. So if you're facing left at all, it doesn't like proportionally move the boat right. Like depending on how left you're facing, it will just always turn full bore if you're facing even a little bit in either direction. Yeah. It yeah, sucks. so man, man, oh man, do I have yeah. a lot to say about this. First, let's start with the only thing that's like remotely viable which is when you get the boost nozzle even that is like not it's a little fun yeah it's not even a very inventive use of the boost nozzle compared with everything you've done up to this point it's just like oh i guess yeah. i'll just get up on I mean, these clouds. all they ask you to do is boost yeah. a few times um the environment man oh man i i 
it's it's Mario and like everything looks amazing and is interesting and fun. This is the most drab. Like if you take Mario out of it, it could just look like this like I don't know, like like just totally like open source texture like boring ass environment. There's just like nothing there. Like there's just nothing about it that screams right. like this is like a fun inventive like interesting mario level it's just this fucking right. like cave. Well, yeah it's that's just, all it is it's just and a even the part at the very beginning which doesn't seem like it's going to be that bad with with the little like roasters that you have to jump on even that at first you're just like whatever right but then it's like inconsistent in terms of how much water you have to spray on those things for them to go out so even that challenge becomes annoying as hell um, and it's, it's not that hard, but it's still just irritating because all I'm trying to do is get back to this stupid fucking boat. And every time I get to this boat, mm-hmm. I get on the boat. <laughs> yeah. Die. I get on this boat and if, if you the die. boat, here's the thing, Death actually, the, I don't know if you guys know this, but the boat first shows up in Noki Bay and in Noki Bay, there's a lot of really open space. So it kind of, it's quirky and it's fine. And I think that the boat, the way it actually controls, could be an example of like, ah, this is kind of quirky and doesn't feel great, but it's like a fun little novel thing. The problem is it's so punishing. If you even fucking touch, yeah, if you touch one of these spires, it sinks immediately. <laughs> and I'm a sociopath. And the hitboxes aren't great. Like, I definitely did not hit a platform before i got close but didn't actually hit it and it was still like no not yeah. good enough but but the but the whole thing and it's just like what you t- guys are talking about it's just like these contrasting challenges like like if if you gave if you gave someone that played video games this this level they would probably finish the first challenge like if they would just do it they would they pick up the controls and be like all right this is exactly what he wants me to do. And as soon as they hit the boat, they're going to be like, this is the most difficult thing that's ever happened. And we still thought that after playing, what, 20 hours of, of sunshine? And it's just like, it's what my critique was all along of like, it doesn't, there's no mechanic that helps you with this boat. It just gives you this boat. And maybe you do see it in Noki Bay, but you never use it to yeah, get a shine. It's, it's pretty optional. So I'm like, why the yeah. fuck is it there? And it sure as shit never sinks that Well, yeah, because in Noki, in Noki Bay, right. it's kind of okay because it's very open space. And you use it to get a couple blue coins if you want. Oh, and this is the most sociopathic part of all of this shit. And this is the thing with like, you remember with the blooper I was saying like, okay, you can't. <laughs> You can't just like throw in another blooper that's a bad design. Dude, what they did at the end of this shit with mm, the boat right. by putting like 10 blue coins at oh, the end in that yeah. little room is 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 Oh my god. Did you do the... that? Luke, Dude, did I you hate do myself. that? Of course I did it. <laughs> and so it was it was Oh. I was oh man. Yeah, the shit. first time I got to that, the first time I got to the end of the boating section and I saw all those blue coins, I was like, oh, well, Luke's just going to kill himself. <laughs> No, I, I I think I think there was one that I just it was like right next to a rock and someone who's who no one has ever loved and has never loved another person put that blue coin there. <laughs> and I hope they're happy. I I hope they're happy with what they did. <laughs> anyway, but like some get it. No, no, no. I, 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 Nintendo's I, headquarters was just like this will show them. I, I finally it broke me. I gave up on that last one. I was like, I, I just can't do it. I died so many times getting oh, there. Oh no! <laughs> I'm actually sad. I'm getting the emotion 
of sadness hearing you say that. I know you pride yourself in these blue coin challenges and yeah, I'm no, sorry. dude, it's just there's I'm no sorry. checkpoint. I tried so many times and it just like I finally was just like I just got to finish this fucking game. And I like know that Bowser's right I don't there, think we ever so. dis- I don't think we ever discussed this and I didn't ever turn any of the blue coins in. What do you get when you turn the blue just coins shines. in? It's just another way to get shines. Every 10 blue coins oh. you get another shine. Mm. Oh, see, that's well, lame. yeah, the, the thing is, I actually, the blue coin challenges are in many ways my favorite part of this game. I, I do, I think that they could have implemented them better, but um, a lot of times the most interesting parts of the levels to me have ended up being just searching for the blue blue coins, except fucking in Corona Mountain, where it's like, fuck these blue coins. Anyway. So this, uh, this, this last Super Mario podcast, we're getting a little... Uh... Don't forgive the pun. We're getting a little blue here with Yep. Just in terms of how vehemently we wah, feel wah, about these levels. Alright, so it jumps to a <laughs> cutscene of Bowser, Bowser Jr. in Peach in a giant jacuzzi. Bowser Jr. cringingly cringing cringe it's cringy. Calls uh Peach Mama again. Peach responds very awkwardly. There is definitely some unconsensual vibes. <laughs> going on yeah she was kidnapped in a further episode. i don't think you can be kidnapped consensually yeah, I, I think about more think like rufalin-esque like uh, drugging right now vibes <laughs> yeah yeah so and it's just like sleazy and it's gross it's like anyway bowser it, we discover he's the real boss which you're like i don't know mario's task Duh. is super simple here uh if you um didn't understand it the flood actually tells you what to do. If you install for a little bit, it tells you exactly your objective. So there really is a minimal amount of um, discovery with this one. You must boost onto five platforms, stopping them, thus sending the jacuzzi spiraling downward and um, disintegrating each platform as you stomp on them. Uh, so that's pretty much it. I admittedly died a number of times because there was another glitch, and I don't know if it happened to you all, yes, but there was did. a glitch when you stomped on the platform. If you hit your um, jump button too early, you just fly through a crack, and yep. you shouldn't be flying through a crack that minimal. And so the, 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 the Bowser was comparatively easy. It was these glitches that just pissed me the fuck off. Um, I did like... <clears throat> Uh, so Bowser Jr. also is in the submarine as like a bath toy and peaches in a rubber ducky and doesn't do anything. And so Bowser Jr. launches <laughs> bullet bills at you. I think one bullet bill turns into one up, which you don't really need because you probably collected them so many times throughout the mountain. Um, but yeah, that, that's pretty much that's pretty much the level. That um, is the long then, and short of it. Yes. Yeah. So I don't know what, what did you all thought of it. I didn't. I thought it was very anticlimactic. Underwhelming is how I would describe it. Uh, yeah. yeah, you literally do. I mean, it's it's not even like the rules of like the rule of threes where you have to do a task three times. You don't even attack Bowser. You just like no f- fuck up a bath by yeah. you know landing really hard. Uh, this was another thing too. Like you're right, the flood will tell you what to do. You can't just like do a normal ground pound on these five you know, star points that surround this jacuzzi. You need the rocket nozzle, which is presumably why they made you get the rocket nozzle to get to the final Bowser fight. 
you need to rock it up and then ground pound so that you yeah. build up this like you basically turn into a comet and you smash the ground extra hard i don't think that was ever necessary in the game you might have found out that you can do it by accident but that's i think that fight is the first time it's ever necessary it it is at least in the seven star shines, so right, seven right. shines that we had to get. So, well, that's what um, I mean. By, yeah, that's what I mean by right. necessary. Uh, I I don't know right, if it, right. like in in somewhere in like the hundred and twenty shines that you ever have to do that. But if you're just trying to beat the game, well, for many of for many of the blue coins, you do, yeah. Ah, I see. So I guess they expect you to have stumbled across it at some point. But yeah, no, it's just like it doesn't even get more challenging the more nodes of the tub you destroy. It's exactly the same. Bowser will throw some fire in your way and you're supposed to, I think, rocket over it. But yeah. it's way safer and not punishing at all to just get hit by the fire and then use the invincibility frames to run to the next node and stomp it while you're still invincible. Right. And then just do that five times. Hope you don't succumb to a glitch. I was also coming into one where, because uh, like when you're on the node, it starts to crumble and... Uh, parts of the bath start falling away and making like a giant's causeway type thing of just, you know, crumbling bits that you have to jump and climb up so you don't fall to your death. I was having a lot of collision issues with those where Mario either wouldn't grab onto an edge that he clearly should have grabbed onto or was like trying to wall jump. Like he would go into like the wall jump pose and start sliding yeah. down nothing. Right. Which caused him to die yeah, that happened more to than me once. a few times yeah. as well. And, and, that, and that's it. And then if you can get past the glitches, that's it. Yep. Yeah. Well, I'll say Luke. first that, um, yeah, a lot of the things that were said in terms of, like, the dialogue and just the weirdness continuing is were was just terrible. However, I will say that there's, like, a certain amount of respect where it's like, all right, you put Bowser in a tub. I got to respect how weird that is. That's just so <laughs> fucking weird <laughs> that I'm yeah. fighting a hot tub Bowser right now. <laughs> so I got to respect Bowser. how much you... <laughs> yeah. Yeah, where's that amiibo? <laughs> like, they're just sitting... <laughs> yeah, exactly. They're just sitting in this design room. Like, what would, what would work with the vacation theme? Like, oh, let's put them in a, a tub. It's like you crazy people. That's so weird. So I gotta respect that on, on first uh, beat, but the rest of it, it was pretty. It was pretty weird. Yeah. But um, however, uh, the fight itself, I think, if it had been any other like part of the game, I think I would have felt pretty like neutral about it. Like, oh yeah, that's kind mm -hmm. of an interesting idea. I didn't run into any right. of the glitches. That sounds pretty annoying. But I, I have to agree, and in fact, it made me feel a little bit differently about the Mario 64 Bowser fight. Earlier I said, I don't like it when you repeat boss fights, but I think that Mario 64 strikes a pretty decent balance where even though they're repeating it, they are finding ways to iterate on it, so it does feel like you're having this new encounter. And mm -hmm. at, when, when you're fighting Bowser the last time, it is a little bit frustrating. However, when he breaks the stage and it turns into that star, it's a, and it's a, it's an exciting moment because it's just like, oh my god, like how am I even going to do this now? Right. And it, it's it definitely it feels climactic, like Anthony's saying. Right. Uh, whereas this, it, it kind of just doesn't, and it, mm -hmm. it 
I think there's a lot of potential there too because they have some good ideas where it's like, oh, let's make it so that when you slam, the stage starts to break off. And there could have been a really good idea where it's like the stage breaks off and rather than you just have to jump up the stage, like it could float out into all this negative space and then you have to platform between these like star bits while like Bowser Jr. is shooting these bullet bills at you but they just weren't able to like deliver on the promise of what could be interesting about this encounter so yeah i don't think that the actual fight was terrible but i also don't think it was very exciting for the end gotta respect the weirdness i can't i can't front on anybody's weirdness game but um overall not not very good all right so that being said um oh also real quick one, one more thing uh, whoever the guy, whoever the guy was who did Bowser's voice, did anyone else feel like that just genuinely did not fit? Like, no, who, do you know who it is? Whoever, who is it? Uh, did you ever see Avenue Q? Yeah. Or did you? Yeah, it's um, uh, it's the guy who sings um, uh, the internet's for porn. <laughs> Holy shit! It is. Oh it my is. god! It is. Yeah, yeah. I compared oh, wow. their voices. I, I didn't. I, I was like, I that. This is it. This is it. Holy shit! You're totally um, right. Yeah, 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 yeah. There's a there's a there's a there's a musical out there, Luke. Um, that basically is a spoof on Sesame Street. Uh, the gist of it is that this character that is the voice of Bowser sings. Um, in this musical, he's like a Cookie Monster type, and he it's a it's a three minute lovely song about how the internet is just for porn. Just for porn. Internet is for porn. Okay, so <laughs> I actually funny. I did comment on that, Ben. Um, but do you want? Do you all want to move on to the uh, your your um, overall review for the whole game? Yes, I am ready. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, so when you defeat Bowser, uh, a shine appears, and and Mario and Peach get to have a lovely vacation um, with their toads, and Bunny. then there's another cu- cutscene. Um, that's also bizarre. It's with uh, uh, Bowser, Bowser Jr. Bowser says something to the effect of, uh, I've got to tell, tell you, son. And Bowser Jr. says, I know she's not my mom. I know, Baba Peach like, isn't really my mom. Some, yes. And then how Bowser Jr. is going to get Mario. And it's, mm. it's weird. That's my boy. Um, ha, ha, ha. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure, Anthony, it was more like, I think Bowser Jr. was like, I know Joe Biden didn't really steal the election. <laughs> Ooh, it was, it was, it was something But we'll like get that. Biden next time. We'll get Obama next time. That's right. <laughs> exactly. Um, so I, I, I still stand by what I said last podcast. I think there is enough good gameplay in this game. Uh, to redeem it, I don't think it was the worst game I've ever played. It certainly wasn't the worst Mario that I've ever encountered. I think there was a ton of novelty that you really don't ever see again in Mario. Um, and I do like, you know, components like the flood. I got used to it. I wish that they would do stuff with the nozzles more. For example, um, I don't know if you all got the um, nozzle where you can basically just scoot around water you, yeah you, you you skate around water yeah. but you do nothing yeah, with love, that love that one. um you know and i and i and i feel like going into those later levels um 
as I was saying, we we played Super Mario 64, and you know, though that game you know feels like a prototype, um, and I do think they improved in a lot of gameplay in uh, Sunshine. I think what they did so well in 64 it, it, again just going back to that point of mastery of you, you know introducing basic mechanics early on and you as a as a player get to um, master those mechanics in interesting settings and interesting ways they didn't do that in this game instead what you get in the final um, levels of this game were just like these new mechanics that are just bizarre they don't need to be there you know i want i wanted some you know good flood challenges i wanted um you know some you know, a really, really good secret level instead of the, you know, Panadas, you know, tossing you. And I, and I felt like for me, I, I probably won't re, won't play this game, you know, as, with a, with such like a, you know, uh, nostalgia just because of the, the, the levels and the challenges that I experienced at end game. Um, I'm not in love with the music and I know you guys like it. Um, so I think overall it's good. It's a good Mario game, and I recommend anyone that hasn't played this game to give it a try. Um, and I and I certainly think that it helped build the stage for um, Galaxy, which you know I'll be honest, I, I I started playing it, and it's that's just where the the ideas of the secret levels pop, and I was just like, yes, these this the great ideas I agree. came from this game, um, but definitely not uh, my favorite Mario game to say the least. Yeah. Um, I think that, you know, it, it's kind of interesting because I, I, a lot of my thoughts come from the narratives that I sort of perceived at the time. I don't know how accurate they are, but this is just my perception as someone who was kind of very excited for this game, actually, when it was coming out. I, I did have a PS2, but I was, I was also really into the GameCube, and Pikmin was my favorite game for a long time around this time. So well, I, was, I was pretty into the GameCube, and I was, uh, I was uh, very excited to play Super Mario Sunshine. And I, I remember feeling at the time like a lot of people were really rejecting a lot of the things that it was doing. And that's my yeah. perception of, of how people were reacting is just like, oh, I don't want to have this machine on his back. I just want it to be like Mario 64. And I think we take for granted the fact, again, and I pointed this out with Mario 64, um, this is really what Mario looks like in Super Mario Sunshine. That's that's what Mario became. It's not mm. from Mario 64. Mm. 3D Mario looks like Mario Sunshine Mario. This game charted the path for what Mario in 3D really looks like from a design standpoint, and that's mm -hmm. remained relatively consistent, although they've, you know, they've tweaked it, obviously. Um, so I think that my perception of what people felt about it at the time, and still maybe some people feel about this now, uh, although admittedly far fewer people, I think that the things that people criticized it for were pretty unfair. I, don't th I think mm -hmm. that the flood is pretty well implemented i think they yeah. uh have a lot of good ideas with it that they uh execute on some good ways i think a lot of the things that i noticed in the middle part of this game that i referenced last week um where they really nailed this idea of like how do we introduce an idea and get you comfortable with it before really doing something with it you see a lot of that design impetus really come to fruition in galaxy a lot um mm -hmm. they start doing that a lot more um, 
I think the middle the middle three levels of this game, specifically that sort of haunted beach and the uh um and the uh the what's the the other beach that has the giant wiggler on it, uh, uh that that beach and then the um uh the the uh, amusement park, I think they're excellent and they belong absolutely in the pantheon of like some of the best in the series. However, mm. The legitimate criticism, I think, is that the last third of this thing just falls apart. It does not hold Very up much. Um, to, to the way that the rest of it is. And it um, it really kind of just feels like it's made by different people. And in, in some ways, I think it, it sort of it marks the beginning of a trend where a lot of the focus, maybe not the beginning, but sort of the early part of, the, of, of a trend where even to this day, there's so much more effort and care put into the earlier parts of, of, of the design than there are into later parts of the design in a lot of games that are released. And, you know, some of the defense of that is that people play the earlier parts and they don't play the later parts, but I would argue that that's maybe a bit of a self-fulfilling prophecy. I mean, if you make the later parts unengaging, people are more likely to disengage. And I think that that's kind of, that, that's what I feel about the last third of Super Mario Sunshine is it's just not that engaging. Mm-hmm. but the rest yeah. of it is excellent. Yeah, yeah I, I agree with you, Luke. Um, although I disagree with you, Anthony, in that on balance, I actually prefer Sunshine to Mario 64. Uh, I think I prefer the way Mario controls, and while the levels aren't as diverse, because they're all roughly island-themed, I just mm-hmm. enjoy traversing them a lot more in general. Mm. Uh, I really like... I really love the theme park level. Uh, the very first where you fight uh, Petey Piranha, the first mm. village level. Love that. Uh, I think that's... Uh, a, 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 I think it's easily on par with uh, the Baba Mountain, the first level from 64, just in terms of yeah. introducing you to this is what the game is going to be like and this is how fun it can be to move around in this world. Mm-hmm. I don't have a ton to add, you guys. I think we're mostly on the same page about this game. Mm-hmm. Stumbles at the end, some great ideas, not always the best implemented. But overall, yeah. totally worth it, unfairly, unfairly maligned when it came out. Yeah. No, I agree. I think also there's one IG... It's not even an IGN article. There's one major gamer that... I, I, I should bring him up just because he when it, when it came out, like most critiques, you know, they, they actually were saying what we were saying, but this guy hammers Sunshine, and that's where a lot of the hate comes from of how it's not 64. But it was never intended to be like 64. It's its own game, and I think it stands on its own two feet. Um, I agree. But uh, that being said... Um, is is there any last comments before we wrap up uh, this podcast? I'll 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 say a, one more thing about it. Um, I I think that in some ways, you know, what Mario does really well is they just explore like what would be this weird thing and how can we make that weird thing match what we're trying to actually do design wise and how can we make it visually be clear and interpretive and I think that. In that way, Super Mario Sunshine, as weird as it is, as many off and strange things as there are, I mean, I think we've kind of poked holes in the story to death. Um, 
it's in that tradition. It it is it is very much <laughs> Such a, story a Super as Mario is. game, and it absolutely belongs in the tradition of what they do design wise. And I I think any indication that it's like a bastard child, I just totally mm. disagree with. It's it's it is in that tradition very much, in my opinion. Agreed. Um, so that concludes our podcasts um, and our podcast uh, mini series on Super Mario Sunshine. Join us next time as Whoa. we start our exciting exciting. Uh, adventure by playing Super Mario Galaxy. Oh, so God, I've been we'll looking forward to this. We'll see you all next time. Yay. Thank you for listening. This podcast was edited and mixed by Brianna Algren. Music was composed by Luke Rendazzo. And, of course, hosted by myself, Anthony Cortez, Luke Rendazzo, and Ben Scambos. If you liked this podcast and like to continue listening, you can find us on Spotify or wherever you listen to the podcast on most channels. Thank you, and we'll see you next week.